I don't feel like ashamed of anything necessarily because it's all it's all pretty normal like nothing I don't think anything that I've talked about or that has happened to me is any really different from what probably many people experience so it doesn't feel like shameful like a layoff doesn't feel shameful that's just like I mean especially in the last few weeks we see it's pretty common and it's you know sucks and I think we can all kind of bond over how that sucks. Welcome to Scratching the Record. This podcast features interviews with inspiring guests who are rewriting the rules of a creative career. I'm your host, Camille Cannon, a TEDx speaker, writer, former radio host, and now creator of this here podcast. I know there's a lot of pressure to have your life all figured out. And let me just say, nobody really does. And that's okay. As our guests show, the path to a meaningful life and career isn't always linear. Like a needle on the record, you can scratch out your own groove. Today is a very special episode. I first interviewed our guest, Kat Borer, several months ago when she was working full-time for a fashion brand, which is something you'll hear more about. Between then and the launch of this podcast, Kat experienced a shift that so many can relate to. Kat was laid off. And after that happened, we turned our microphones back on for a follow-up interview, which will air towards the end of this episode. Before we jump in, let me tell you more about Kat and why I am so thrilled she said yes to the podcast. Kat was not only a professional brand and content manager, she creates her own content, sharing up close and personal look at her life in Brooklyn, New York. Before New York, Kat moved from her home state of Colorado to Las Vegas, Nevada and Los Angeles, where along the way, she worked the ins and outs of nightlife. As a freelance journalist interviewing headliner DJs of the Las Vegas Strip, running guest lists at Avalon Nightclub and managing their Snapchat, all while building her own very entertaining online presence. Her credits include covering music, pop culture, and nightlife for MTV News, Complex, Vice, and more. You may know her as at Oh My God, It's Cat. Cat, welcome. That was awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have you to have this conversation today and to help share your story and more about you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's get into it. I'd love to start by you sort of telling us a bit about how you got here. How did you get um, where you're at and what you're up to? Um, Wow. What a, what a story. Okay. So um, I am working in fashion currently, which is something that I'd always wanted to do kind of a, a dream situation right now. Um, I went to college in Colorado to study um, fashion merchandising. And I think like a lot of um, graduates, I didn't actually end up working in it immediately. Um, I was a little bit career wise, I was a little bit aimless for a while. And I just knew that I wanted to go have some fun. I, you know, had recently 
turned like 21, 22 and decided that Vegas was just so much fun. I went there for spring break right after I turned 21 and I was like, you know what? I need to get an internship. So I'm going to find an internship in Vegas so I can party <laughs> while I'm also <laughs> getting this um, experience that I, I had to get for to graduate from college. Um, and that brought me to Sugar Factory. Um, where I was doing visual merchandising, um, and that uh, is not a fashion brand, it's a candy store, um, and it's since then, it's grown into this um, huge, like, network of restaurants, but at the time, it was just, a, I think there were, like, three candy stores in Vegas, um, and they had a bunch of big-time celebrities there, and it was so exciting, um, like, Kim Card, the Kardashians used to come through all the time, yes. Drake would come through, it was a lot of fun. Um, I remember and... seeing photos like the the candy was an accessory, like in a way, kind of yeah. loose fashion. Yeah. 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 True. Yeah. They were <laughs> like um, they had these lollipops that like had uh, the candy part was detachable and the stick was bedazzled. So whenever yes. you finished the candy part, you could just like unscrew the little insert and put a new one in and you could reuse this like bedazzled um <laughs> lollipop stick um which I used to take to the clubs with me I thought it was so cool back then and now I'm I look back on it oh it's a little gosh. cringe but <laughs> but it but was very it was... cool yeah at the time. yeah <laughs> um so yeah so that is where I started my pro professional career um I interned there one summer between my junior and senior year of college. Um, I went back for my senior year of college in Colorado and then ended up going back to Vegas uh, where I got a full-time job, like entry level, doing merchandising at Sugar Factory. And I was unfortunately laid off within like, I want to say it was like three months maybe. Mm -hmm. So um, I basically uprooted everything and yeah. then all of a sudden I was just like in this to me kind of random place with no job so um I was working all kinds of different jobs my job history is just like all over the place for <laughs> for those first actually for like maybe five years even like after Vegas but I was working um, a lot of like restaurant jobs. I worked um, a seasonal job at the Wynn nightclubs doing like guest list check-in or uh, running the registers or the coat checks or like whatever they needed me doing. Wow. Um, and like I, there was, I think I told you about this, but that summer when I was working at the Wynn, I was also uh, working at this, uh, brunch restaurant I think I was I was hostessing or maybe I was waitressing and um, I would so I would work all night at the nightclub go home for like a couple hours freshen up and then go to work at like 6 30 in the morning at this brunch place and I would just like sleep oh in the gosh. afternoons yeah it was wild but it was also like fun I don't know that I could physically do that now but like you know my 23 year old self was kind of okay with it yeah um, and and Las Vegas, I feel like is just especially at that time was a place that would like lend itself to, I think that type of schedule or that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But also like you were saying, yeah. the energy of a twenty three year old is is kind of what it, what propels through that. That's a rough schedule. 
Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, uh, yeah, but I, I really loved Vegas and I ended up, um, worked a few other jobs. I was actually, uh, worked a marketing job for a nightclub that closed within like six weeks, laid off oh. from that job. Um, and then the, the job that I had for the longest was a, um, content coordinator position for this like network of websites that, um, was, used to promote like vitamins and supplements and stuff but under the guise of uh lifestyle web websites it was a weird business model didn't work <laughs> obviously but um yeah so I was I was able to write about nightlife and all the fun things that were happening in Vegas through this series of websites one of the the vitamins was like a an energy supplement that they were marketing to nightlife people so um so yeah, so I got to tie in my my interest in nightlife writing there and um and I worked for the magazine that we both worked for. Um I on, I was on a freelance basis, but um I was also able to write about DJs and music and nightlife. Um yeah. There. Yeah. Um, um yeah. I love hearing about the journey and it's kind of, as you're telling this, I'm curious, like you, you mentioned you went to school and you were studying um, fashion and marketing, like where did writing come up for you and sort of where did you figure out that you had an interest in writing? Oh yeah. Good question. I, um, I'd always been, uh, sort of bookish and I liked writing but I don't know that I ever thought that that was or could be a career I guess yeah. I just as a kid I just thought that that was more of a hobby and that wasn't like a job that people did so I didn't really put too much effort into it um until of course I became an adult and realized that that was like a profitable uh career path but um I was when I was living in Vegas, I remember observing that so much interesting stuff was happening around me. And there were so many stories to be told, especially in that nightlife space, and especially at that specific time, because social media hadn't necessarily taken over. So there were things happening in those clubs that like, people didn't know about, like, super famous people showing up or like, just wild behind the scenes things happening. Um, and I remember thinking like, this is so interesting and I can't believe that like, this is not <laughs> public knowledge. Um, and so I started a, just a personal blog. This was also like the time when everybody started a personal blog. <laughs> so it was like 2012, um, I think. Uh -huh. Um, and I started writing about all that stuff, like just one of the, the first blogs posts that I had that I think actually may have led to um a job offer was about a uh there was a dj who came to town who um did a an interview with vegas seven before i was i was freelancing there mm -hmm. and he was like oh yeah like i uh i came here a few months ago and um there were all these random people on stage. Everybody was drinking my alcohol. I don't even know who they were. And I recognized that like, that was me and my friends that he was talking about. 
because some of those the people in the clubs would just like let us run around like we owned the place which was also like totally crazy back then I don't even understand how or why that happened but um but I wrote sort of like a response and I was like hey uh sorry that was me (laughs) um and like totally happy you know we're gonna be um pre-gaming in the parking lot so if you want to come hang out with us (laughs) please feel free um and it got like viral light um but I think that that uh got my writing style I guess and my voice in front of some people who would eventually um offer me jobs that's that's actually what happened was I was just doing my own personal blog and people just started reaching out and they were like hey looks like you like to write seems like you're good at it do you want a job like copywriting or um writing for this like travel website or and then that's actually how um how I got in touch with Vegas 7 is uh the editor Tanya she was like hey you want to do like a weekly thing here and I was like yeah absolutely thank you (laughs) oh my gosh I love that story that you heard about this you like read that from the DJ recognized yourself and your friends as the people (laughs) he was talking about and then wrote your response like I feel like that really kept at least from what I've observed captures like the voice that you carry (laughs) like in your your own like social media and like the things that you've um written and it makes total sense to me that someone would have seen that and gotten in touch with you immediately um that's incredible (laughs) yeah yeah it was really fun and you know what's so funny is um just like a funny tidbit that goes along with this like you know how like parents are like not great at using Facebook my uh I mean, generally speaking, my, uh, my mom once commented on, um, it was, it was Dylan Francis and Uh she, I think she, like one of his posts must've come up across her feed or something. And she like commented on it and she was like, thanks so much for like helping my daughter get a job. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so does that mean it was like Dylan Francis was like the DJ that you had read? Yeah, yeah, it was, he was the one who was like, there are all these random girls on stage. (laughs) I was like, that was me, that was me and my random friends. (laughs) Wow, I wonder if he knows. I mean, if, if he was reading your mom's comment, then he would know by now, but. (laughs) Yeah, right. But yeah, yeah, he, he definitely did know, I guess, um, the, one of the, like, the marketing team of the nightclub at the time sent it to him, so I I hope he got a good laugh out of it. I'm sure he did. That's an amazing story. And (laughs) what did that like mean to you as like all of this is happening and you had said, you know, like at first I thought, you you know, the kind of how you thought about writing in the first place. And then now it's like, oh, someone's seeking you out to write. Like what's going through your mind at that time? Oh my God, that it was so fun. And I, I was so excited and I was also, um, you know, I, like I said, I had gone through a couple of um, layoffs at that point and I was feeling not super great about my professional future, I guess. And, you know, I think feeling a little lost, I think like a lot of, a lot of people right out of college maybe feel. 
Um, and so it was really nice to just have a skill that somebody was actually like, yeah, we do want this and you can have a job and we're not going to like get rid of you. So yeah. That was really nice. Yeah. And like, how were stories like coming up for you after that? Like, what was your process like of, you know, starting to build out this, these freelance writing experiences? Um, that's interesting. Well, so, you know, at first I was just doing whatever was needed or whatever was asked of me, mostly just because I needed to make some money. So for the, the freelance, uh, jobs that I was taking, it was a ton of like copywriting. Thankfully they were still in the, the general vein of what I was interested, like really interested in at that time, which was the music and the nightlife. Um, so I was writing a lot of like, uh, DJ bios or, uh, rundowns about different like events that were happening or, um, you know, eventually when I was working at Vegas seven, I was getting to actually interview the DJs, which was really fun. Um, and so thankfully I was kind of in a space that I was asked to do things that were pretty interesting. And then I was also on the side for just fun, um, still writing about what I thought was really interesting um, that was happening around town or like kind of like my personal story of how I fit into um, some of these crazy things that were happening around town. Like I remember one of the blog posts that did really well was um, about, I was a uh, going through kind of like a, a breakup sort of. So I was feeling really emo, but I wrote this blog post about how um, I, I uh, for work, was able to go interview, uh, I think it was Cedric Gervais. Mm -hmm. And it was like a whole thing. It was like a video thing. We went into this little, there was like a studio. And it's probably still there. There's a music studio uh, in the basement of the Wynn. And it's really fancy. And so we got to go down there, do the video um he was really nice we were like afterward um he was getting ready to go up on stage and like we were like somebody was like pouring drinks for everybody and I was like this is so cool like I get to <laughs> hang out with this like famous guy and it's just like super chummy and um like uh, but on the flip side I was like really bummed out because I was like going through this like breakup thing and um, so I wrote kind of a blog post about how, like, you know, sometimes you're down in the dumps, but also sometimes you're like taking shots with famous people. <laughs> and, um, so it's not all that bad. <laughs> so I, I kind of wove my own, uh, my own life story into things that were also happening, like in Vegas at large. Yeah. And you were like in the thick of it. Like, I'm sure that was very fun for people to read that whether they were in Vegas or not in Vegas getting this like slice of life of what's happening and these like nooks and crannies of of <laughs> Vegasness um yeah, that sounds so fun so. Yeah. yeah and content was so different back then you know like I don't know that a storyline like that would be as impactful anymore with just like all of the other stuff that's going on, you know, like Instagram was a thing, but not in the way that it is now, you know, people were taking photos of like, 
I don't know. I don't even remember what we were taking pictures of back then, but it wasn't <laughs> like it was now. It was like a picture of like your regular dinner and <laughs> saying like it was good or something and not like a whole <laughs> a whole production like it is now. Um, so it was also like a really, really good time to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it strikes me that not only were you capturing, you know, these moments and, you know, the, the basement recording studio at the wind, but incorporating like the, this vulnerability and these like personal moments, which I think are, you know, what a lot of people probably connect to um, with what you do even now on social media and just sharing, you know, parts of yourself that aren't the, the highlight reel, so to speak. Um, what's, what have you kind of observed from that or what's, what's kind of behind you and I'd say the bravery to put those parts of your story out there? Oh, that's really nice. Um, I don't know. I, I have sort of tried to think about this because I know we kind of touched on it the last time we talked. Um, but I just think that I don't know. I'm just not, um, I don't feel like ashamed of anything necessarily. Cause it's all, it's all pretty normal. Like nothing. I don't think anything that, um, I've talked about or that has happened to me is any really different from what probably many people experience. So it doesn't feel like shameful like a layoff doesn't feel shameful that's just like I mean especially in the last few weeks we see it's pretty common and it's you know sucks and I think we can all kind of bond over how that sucks and um and yeah and the breakups like that happens to everybody and that sucks and we can all agree you know on that so um so yeah, it just feels, uh, it feels good and normal and healthy to just talk about it. Yeah. And it's very powerful. I think to being, I think putting yourself out there as being part of what normalizes it for other people is like yeah. g- giving someone else the opportunity to say like, Hey, I see some of myself like in that story or in what you shared. And, um, yeah. That's awesome. And I think you referred to yourself somewhere as like extremely online, um, yeah. at least <laughs> yes, <laughs> at least in the the years following college and the Vegas chapter and and, and then some. Um, and I'd love to hear some more about like the connections or like the the um, okay, I'll just get to it. You mentioned that you met your boyfriend on Twitter. And so I yes. would love. I would love to hear kind of how this happened because that's like a very like modern romance and I would oh my God. hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our, so I'll give you the, the quick highlights real quick. Cause it is truly like the most millennial story ever. Um, so we met on Twitter. We were both uh, writing for different publications at the time. I don't remember where he was at, but he was definitely like, he's been at like, um, uh, complex, like he was interning for the fader for a little bit. He was at hype beast for a little bit. 
Um, and so I knew him from that space. Like I, a lot of people who were writing, I think just kind of followed each other. There was like a mm -hmm. whole group of people who all kind of didn't, I don't know that everybody knew each other in real life, but we all kind of just followed each other on Twitter. And that's how I found him in like, I don't even know what year, 20, like 14, maybe. Wow. I was definitely in Vegas at the time. And um, so we were internet friends pretty casually. And then uh, maybe like a year or maybe two years when, uh, into my LA experience, his company, uh, he was at Hypebeast at the time. He His company threw a party at Coachella and uh, and he invited me. So I went down there with one of my friends. We went to this party that uh, his company was throwing and we got to hang out for like the day and meet in real life. Um, and then I would say maybe like, so that would have been April. And a few months later, like the following year, uh, is when I moved to New York and I knew that he uh -huh. lived here. And so I texted him and I was like, Hey, um, at the time I, I didn't know I was moving here. I was kind of just hanging out. I got an Airbnb for like a month and I was just like, <laughs> I'm just going to hang out in New York. I was freelancing at the time. So I didn't have to be anywhere. Um, and I was like, I'm going to hang out in New York, see what it's like. Maybe I'll like it. Um, yeah. and so I texted him and I was like, I'm in New York, we should hang out. And I dropped a pin for where I was staying. And he was like, are you stalking me? <laughs> I was like, yeah, LOL, I'm in your city. And he was like, no, that's my apartment building. And I was <gasps> like, wait, what? <laughs> and I ended up, the Airbnb that I rented was not only in his apartment building, but in the room directly below his, which oh. is so crazy. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So... <laughs> So, you know, Twitter, Coachella, and Airbnb uh, brought us together. <laughs> that is truly a modern love story. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the universe yeah. conspired. Yeah, it's so <laughs> wild. Um, so, yeah, so we just, you know, started hanging out and never stopped hanging out. So it was awesome. Wow. I love that. What was kind of your idea of... I guess, dream job um, back in like college? Um, well, uh, <laughs> you're going to think this is ridiculous, but I, I fully, when I was in college, I was like, I don't think I need to get a job. I think I can just be on reality TV. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I, I also would like to just put out there that I think that I have probably forever been a little bit less mature than I should have been at every given age so by the time <laughs> I was 22 I was probably functioning at like the level of like a 19 or 20 year old um but uh yeah I and I and I tried too when I was in Vegas and doing these other jobs um I had like a few interviews with a reality show like um like producers and stuff like that like I went to a an open casting for the real world when they did that one year in Vegas yeah um so that was the thing but um <laughs> oh my gosh and and there were others yeah there was one that they actually filmed the pilot but it didn't go anywhere I wasn't part of the pilot they they it was supposed to be about like the nightlife people in Vegas and 
Yeah. And I did like a series of interviews and ended up not getting cast in the end. And I was so jealous because I knew they were filming the pilot and I knew where they were filming the pilot and who they were filming. Oh my gosh. But, uh, but it didn't, I didn't go anywhere, but yeah. (laughs) Wow. What do you think about that now? Like looking back on it with your, your dream at the time was to be on a reality show. How does current cat feel about the way (laughs) things went instead? Um, you know, it's probably for the best. I probably would have just at that point in my life done something real stupid that would be like forever on the internet. So I'm kind of glad that that <laughs> didn't actually happen. It makes so much sense. Um, I we've never gotten to talk about that before, but I'm like, I could I could definitely see it. What about <laughs> for the future? Like, is it off the table or would you consider the right offer? Oh my God, for a reality show, that would be really fun. But um, (laughs) I mean, sure. Yeah, that would be really fun. But I don't know that I'm like, I don't know that I'm doing anything interesting enough anymore (laughs) to like fill space for a a TV show. It's mostly just like me uh, hanging out at home with my dog and uh, going to museums. I could could take you guys on um, museum tours of of New York from like the perspective of a person that doesn't really know much about art <laughs> oh, well you already know I would watch and I think there are <laughs> others <laughs> and whether or not that reality show pans out what are your goals for the future whether that's what life looks like or things that you want to accomplish career-wise what do you want to move forward with um I want to write a novel I've always like the the stories and talking through this with you has really kind of like re-inspired me to get back into it but um some of the stories of like the people that I met in Vegas and LA and like some of the scenarios that I've seen I just think that would it would make for the really good basis for a book and I've tried writing it over and over again for so long like I would say that I have maybe like three drafts that are like 60% done, but no drafts that are actually done. So my my big goal, hopefully for this year is to finish a novel draft. Um, and yeah, those are, those are the big things, which are not necessarily tied to my career. Um, I definitely wanna keep working at the company that I'm at. It's really good for me. Um, I enjoy the people and the work and like I said, I'm not stressed out, which is a huge plus. Um, so those are the big things. Working on a novel, what do you think you need to, in order to finish a draft? That's a good question. I I mean, maybe some more stamina, honestly. I it's it's tough working on passion projects when you you do have a full-time job you know at least the job that I have now is like I said much more healthy but I'm still working like 40 hours a week you know yeah. and that's tough to to do what I want that also requires brain power after I'm working all day on a job that requires brain power um so yeah time stamina um but I think I have from the the previous drafts that I've already started on, I think what's happened along the way is that I'll get really far and then realize that there's like 
a fatal flaw and then I have to revise like a lot of it and I'm just like nope I don't have it in me I can't I'm just gonna put this down I can't come back to this um so I'm hoping that all of that practice has gotten me to a place where I can kind of think through some of the mechanics of like the characters and the plot lines and stuff um and make it work a lot better this time so fingers crossed we we do it this year Yes, I think you will. And in case you need extra encouragement, I will put a call out to in the comments if you would like to read Kat's novel. Um, <laughs> please do send her some love and encouragement um, because we want to read it. And um, that just sounds awesome. So I'm very, very excited uh, for when, that, when the time is right. <laughs> yes, thanks. So Kat, it's been a few months now since we first recorded and we first had a conversation for this podcast. And I was wondering if you could kind of catch us up on what's happened in your life since then and what you've been up to. Yeah. So um, yeah, we talked a few months ago. I was working um, for a fashion brand. I was doing social media and, um, and brand content strategy. Um, and unfortunately, like many people in this current economy, I was part of a restructure and I am now jobless. <laughs> I am fun employed. Um, so um, I feel like this is going to be the like the layoff special of your podcast <laughs> series because it has happened to me so many times now. Um, but, you know, that's OK. I feel like that's like the millennial condition right now um so so many of us have have been laid off in the last few months so um I think that's probably something that a lot of people can um relate to in this this like present moment in this present economy yeah no most definitely that so many folks are experiencing that um or or have or, or will and um I appreciate you yeah coming on to kind of share more about like what that's been like for you and can you kind of like take us through what um what that news what was the impact on on you yeah. and was there like a um yeah what was the sort of transition like in your life yeah so um it was both it was both a surprise and a shock and also I kind of saw it coming. Um, so, you know, it's tough to lose your job, like at any point. Um, I personally like, you know, have had the like opportunity and the privilege to have had some really great jobs and to have been able to like built up a savings. So I wasn't panicked necessarily. I also got a, you know, a severance package and stuff. So financially, which I think was probably where my mind went first. I was yeah. feeling secure enough that I wasn't like kind of freaking out. And I feel like I just went through this like roller coaster of emotions. Like, first of all, that specific week that I, uh, you know, found myself jobless, I had like so much work on my plate. And like I signed in, it was like after a long weekend, and I signed in and I was like, oh my God, this week is going to be so rough. And it was like my first meeting of the day that I got the news. And part of me was just like relieved that I didn't have to go through this whole <laughs> like huge to-do list. I knew it was going to be an overtime week and everything. I had mm -hmm. even worked the weekend before um, trying to get caught up. 
which I regret now looking back on it. But mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I was, I was relieved at first because I was like kind of stressed out when I, I signed in. Um, and even for the rest of the week, I was just like, oh man, it's so nice to just like chill out, like just to have no responsibilities or anything. And I think I was kind of just like decompressing a little bit. Um, and, uh, and I've, I've tried to just like make the best of my time. Like I definitely went through, like have gone through periods of freaking out where I'm like, oh my God, like, am I going to get a new job? Like the, the job market right now is really crazy. Like the, when I got my job, um, at Faraday in the first place, it was really like a job seekers market. Like I was able to negotiate mm. for higher salary. It was really hard to, hard to find workers at that time. Um, and now it's almost the complete opposite where I'm not finding as many listings, uh, not getting as many interviews. The, you know, I'm going through a negotiation process right now that it's, um, you know, not, I don't necessarily have the upper hand because of just what the economy looks like and, and, um, and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it's been like lots of ups and downs. I'm trying to stay on the ups and like really, um, use this time while I can. I actually, a couple days ago, I drove myself up to Connecticut and I locked myself in a hotel room for two days and tried to write part mm. of a manuscript for a book. Yes. Um, yeah, one of one of my big goals for this year was to finish a novel manuscript, which I've tried to do year after year for like since like 2015 at this point. And I've never been able to actually finish one. And I've gotten pretty close several times, but I've never actually finished. And so this year, as like one of my goals at the top of the year, I said, you know, I really need to finish a, a novel manuscript. And now I have all of this time on my hands and I have hardly touched it. So a couple of days ago, um, I just like made myself really sit down and work and get out of the city and turn off all of the distractions around me. And it worked. It was great. I want to do it again while I have, you know, time left. Yeah. But, but yeah, unemployment has been a wild ride. I've been up and down, feeling good, feeling bad, um, sure. but tr- just trying to to focus on on the good, which is time you know like I have this luxury of time that I'm not going to have when I inevitably start a new job so might as well enjoy it while I have it you know well you mentioned working on your novel which I'm super excited about and I wanted to ask you (laughs) like what sort of um creative things um are you um working on or maybe your content creation like what's how have you been keeping those things active or not Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so when I went up to Connecticut the other day, I had the goal in mind that I wanted to write like a significant, just a lot more than I had been able to write previously. Like I have been, like I said, I've been trying while I've had all this time and I haven't been able to get more than like a couple hundred words down at a time. And so when I went up there, I was like, I need thousands and thousands of words. Like I'm shutting myself off from like, the TV and like I left the dog at home with my boyfriend and his brothers and his brother and I like um just I just I I don't know what it is I'm always I'm always distracted at home I'm always like oh I need to like do my laundry or I need to do something else and whatever I just had to turn it all off and 
So I went up to Connecticut and I tried to surround myself with things that inspire me and try to get myself into a positive, like inspired mindset. Like I was thinking about it when I was driving up there that I have thought of myself as a really good writer in the past. And I don't know that I'm a good writer anymore because I don't think I've written anything really great lately. And so I was kind of just thinking about like, well, what was my life like or what was my mindset, you know, back like for past me where I did think that I was a really good writer and I tried to kind of get myself back into that. So I brought some books that I love that inspire me that I kind of like flip through while I was there. If I needed like um, quick inspiration, I'd read like a page or two of something else. I brought a coloring book um, with some markers, which maybe sounds very childish, but it was really a nice way to decompress if I was feeling like my brain was overloading. Yeah. Um, I, the hotel that I picked was, um, it's from the graduate hotel chain, which is um, one that I love. They basically have um, several hotels all over the US and in the UK, and they're all just designed like very like kitschy and fun. And um, I actually have a, like a coffee table book that's like a photography book of all of their hotels. And it's just like a cool it's a cool vibe and it's a cool place to be, you know? So I wanted to be in a, in a place that was like inspirational to me. And um, yeah, and I just tried to kind of like figure out like what, um, what about my past self was different. And I think part of it was just like, I was very inspired all the time, I guess. Um, when I was younger and maybe just when I was in different places, I was very like, um, used to travel a lot. I was also like a, like a little bit transient because I was moving from like Colorado to um, Nevada and California and New York. And I've been in New York for so long now, like longer than I've been anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was thinking maybe I needed to get out of town. And yeah, yeah, it was just, it was just a lot of things. I was just trying a lot of different things, um, trying to like get inspired and and write a little bit and it worked so I'm gonna try to do it again I'm hoping <laughs> um maybe maybe next week while I have all this time you know yeah no I and I love like I have to call out that um at least the way you told that story is that you kind of looked at well how can I change the environment that I'm in to spark that inspiration and to like ignite that because so I think I know personally sometimes I'll internalize if I'm not, you know, feeling like I'm writing well or this or that, like, and then it becomes kind of a spiral. But one of my favorite quotes is like, if a flower doesn't bloom, you don't blame the flower, like you look at the soil. And so yeah. you sharing that story to me was such a beautiful example of like, all right, I need to shake up the environment. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Gotta, gotta change change something. Something isn't working. So I've got to figure out what it is. Well, I really appreciate you making this um, time to talk again and do a follow-up. And um, I think that this story, your, your story, you know, will resonate with folks and, you know, you talking and sharing about it is going to help other people that, you know, maybe they feel a little more isolated in, in their journey, but um, you know, you're, yeah, you've been there and you're, you're figuring it out. 
Yeah, totally. I think, I hope that everybody else who's in the same, you know, layoff bucket with me here right now, um, I hope everybody is enjoying your time. Even if you're freaking out, sometimes I'm freaking out, but I hope that everybody gets to enjoy the time, the free time that they have. Like, this is not something that, that we get, like, even if it's, I don't know, even if it's, if it's stressful, like it's still free time that you, you maybe won't get in the future. So it's kind of nice. Yeah. That wasn't the best sign off. You can cut that out. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was great. And it's important, an important message to enjoy your time, no matter what yeah. you're doing. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I, I mean, just thinking about time and I was like in school for the last two and a half years and I felt like I had none of it. And, uh, yeah. but if you're going to sustain and, and keep going when you, you know, you're kind of in, in the middle of something, you have to have some kind of outlet and like some way of caring for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That does it for this episode of Scratching the Record. Be sure to follow us here on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Scratching the Record. Tell us what you liked and share this episode with a friend. Thank you again to Kat for being our guest and for being so vulnerable and transparent about her journey. Thank you also to Matt Large and Epidemic Sound for our theme music. Until next time, this has been Scratching the Record.